Support for this podcast comes from Jobico. Jobico provides the next generation job board software and AI-enabled matching technology, combining both the benefits of a scalable SaaS platform and the flexibility of a custom solution. With Jobico, businesses can reach a new level of quality and professionalism in online recruiting and can take advantage of the rapidly changing market. Jobico helps leading brands in 12 markets globally to engage talent and grow revenues with job boards. To find out more, go to www.jobico.com. That's www.jobico.com and Jobico is spelled J-O-B-I-Q-O. There's been more of scientific discovery more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 218 of the Recruiting Future podcast. We talk a lot about the poor quality of job postings, with many just being a cut-and-paste version of an internal job description. But... We should also be talking about the poor quality of the job descriptions themselves, many of which are put together in haste with very little thought around their impact and eventual outcome. To give us a different perspective on this, my guest this week is Kate Leto, a well-known product management and transformation consultant. As well as sharing her thoughts on job descriptions, Kate also offers insights on how thinking like a product manager could help improve the talent acquisition process. Hi, Kate, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Matt. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Sure. Uh, My name is Kate Leto, and I'm a product management and transformation consultant which means a lot of different things. But one of the main things is is that I work with product management organizations and teams to help them um, find different ways to become more, to become higher performing, to work better together, to change the way they're working, to use some kind of basic disciplines and practices of product management to move their organizations along. Um, And I work with companies of all shapes and sizes all over the world. And it's something I really enjoy. Fantastic stuff. So just for the benefit of the people in the audience who might not be fully up to speed with product management, could you just give us a sort of a very quick overview of what product management is? Yeah, that's so funny. It's kind of the the 10 million pound question of what is product management. I'd say people within our our product management community are still trying to come up with a definition that works for everyone because it's 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 a very broad um, type of uh, profession. So, but at, at a high level, it's product management or managers are people that work with kind of three different areas. So, technology. They work with, um, they try to build things that are really easy for people to use. So they have a great kind of usability factor, and they try to keep that in mind. Um, building products that people want is something that a product manager is really focused on. And they also try to keep in mind kind of the business needs, the organizational overall goals and objectives. So they try to really, they serve as almost kind of like this glue, or sometimes they say a pickle in the middle between technology, usability, and business. So I saw you do an excellent presentation at Cheering Fest uh, a few months ago. Um, Cheering Fest is a technology conference that takes place in 
Edinburgh every summer. Um, it's actually one of my favourite events of the year, so I'd, I'd recommend that um, everyone goes in 2020. But you did a, a, a great presentation about improving hiring and thinking about emotional intelligence. Could you just give us a quick overview on your thoughts around emotional intelligence and why it's so important in hiring? Sure. So emotional intelligence has become an area and a space that I'm so interested and intrigued by. A few years ago, I had, I personally had some, I had kind of a bout of um, bad health. So I took some time off work and I started, instead of going on kind of a, a great holiday or a yoga retreat, like a lot of my friends and family said, I stayed home in my flat in London and I was trying to catch up on everything that was going on in the product world. So we have a lot of content out out there, lots of blogs, lots of opinions on how to do product management and the different tools and techniques. But what I realized is that no one was really talking about the beha- the behaviors associated with product management. Um, and a lot of those are based on this the space of emotional intelligence and our ability to kind of recognize, manage, and understand our own emotions and recognize understand and influence the emotions of others, you know, and it's things like self-awareness and self-management and conflict resolution even, and the ability to coach and mentor others and be adaptable. So all of these things I felt were missing from this conversation of product management. Um, So I have spent a lot of time really kind of delving into emotional intelligence and learning much more about it through different kind of uh, books and courses and um, coaching programs. And it's something that I try to bring into the conversations um, with product organizations and product leaders, because I think it's a lot, of, a lot of times it's something that we just miss. You know, we don't think about the behaviors associated with our work. We think about kind of the activities of our work, the what we do, not how we do it. Um, so that's where I've started to try to bring these two worlds of um, seemingly different, but actually quite overlapping worlds of product management and emotional intelligence together. And this, this concept that I've, um, I've named product EQ. And that's what I was talking about at Turing and how that can actually be applied even to our hiring processes. Um, Because what from what I've seen in the organization product organizations I've worked with, and this isn't just specific to product, you know, product is a place I play in and is a specialty and focus of mine. But this is quite universal. Um, And that people that are getting more involved in the hiring process as hiring managers or different members of teams involved in hiring, don't really have a lot of um, experience in hiring. And they tend to use some traditional tools or just things that they find online that don't really hire for what for a good fit within the organization. Instead, they might be looking to hire for pedigree or from a product perspective, from a certain type of experience with a certain technology or a certain customer. So what I was trying to do with that that talk at, at Turing Fest was kind of reframe that conversation and say, not only is, is product management about all these activities we do, but if we're going to hire we need to actually bring emotional intelligence much more into that conversation. Now, I want to talk about that in detail in a second, because I think that you've got some really, really insightful advice at how companies can get better at doing that and improve their hiring. Just before we do, though, what's what's also interesting for me is how you can apply some of the disciplines of product management to hiring to to improve it could you could you give us some thoughts on that yeah so one of the baseline kind of fundamental philosophies i guess you could say within product management is that we're always trying to learn 
we have a very uh, sort of, I guess you could say, experimental mindset in product management. Um, because we like to be able to learn if something's going to work before maybe we ask a bunch of developers to go build it or designers to go design it or a business to invest in it. So we have developed kind of a, a, a focus on method, a, a focus on experimentation and learning from what we do. So one of the uh, main disciplines I think that we could take from product management into hiring is this idea that it's really a learning process. And that as um, hiring managers, be it within product or elsewhere, even in more of a um, an HR space specifically, can learn from what we're doing. Take time after um, you brought somebody on board, perhaps, to actually have an open conversation around what worked with that hiring process and bringing that person in, what didn't, and did we get it? Did we get it right? You know, what can we learn from that process? What can we change next time around? So I think in terms of borrowing from product discipline into the HR space, things like experimentation and the ability and desire to look back and reflect are a couple of things that would cross over well. One of the things that you were, that you were talking about was um, personal and organizational fit. I, and I think that's something that would be really, really interesting to the, the recruiters and, and HR professionals who are, who are listening to the show. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, so there's a theory. It's an organizational design theory called person organization fit theory. So it's something that was de developed and um, supported by people much smarter than me, but it's something I've read about and thought is really interesting and applicable definitely to our product space, and I'm sure wider. It's this idea that if you, when you have a, an organization whose culture and values and goals and norms actually aligns with a person's personality, attitudes, values, and goals as well, you get a fit. You know, there is actually a fit. A lot of times we talk about cultural fit. Well, there's, there's research and data that shows it do, you can actually reach that fit. And when you do have what they call PO fit or personal organization fit, um, you see some really good things. You know, turnover rate goes down, productivity goes up, the desire to change um, and deal with change. As many organizations are going through transformation and change programs, um, it's something that that the person and their team can actually respond to in a better way because they have this fit. Um, so it's it's an interesting concept that. Is something that I find within the product world we talk about quite a bit when we're hiring people, and I, I, I'm sure it's a larger conversation as well, but it's I found it really fascinating that there's strong data and science behind the fact that this does actually exist, and if we can bring people on board that actually um, do align with an organization's goals, values, norms, and um, culture overall then we can make some really cool things happen. We can help to create high-performance teams and high-performance organizations. It's not just fantasy. <laughs> There's actually science behind it. And what would be your practical tips for for people to achieve that with their with their hiring yeah i think there's a couple of things that you could focus on um and this is where also the idea and concept of emotional intelligence comes into play i think because i think if we start to look at um some different ways of of trying to or different kind of experiments we can even bring into our hiring processes that involve looking for emotional intelligence to help us to get to fit we might be onto something interesting so for example a lot of um, hiring that I see within the product world, at least, um, we have a tendency to actually kind of create roles or job descriptions that don't really reflect the needs or 
a, a potential fit within an organization. What I often see when somebody gets headcount approval, you know, they'll go and start working on a job description. Um, and working on a job description often means cutting and pasting the job description. You know, there's um, a survey out there that I saw recently that said about 80% of hiring managers feel that the job description is important, but about 50% of us cut and paste that job description. So we don't spend a lot of time and thought and actually putting together something that's meaningful and could represent fit. Um, so what I encourage is, is actually using something different. So instead of just taking this knee-jerk reaction of going to build a job description that might have like a breakdown of must-haves and nice-to-haves, to actually answer four simple questions when you're thinking about a new role. What's, what's the purpose of the role? What's the role accountable for? So what's the outcomes that role will be working towards? And then what are the maybe the hard skills or the, the technical skills, the activities that that person, that role will have to do in order to reach their outcomes? So in the product world, this could be putting together a roadmap or um, creating new metrics or introducing OKRs or something like that. Um, but then also answer a question around what are the behaviors this role is going to need to be able to display in order to be successful. And this is where the emotional intelligence part really comes out. Um, if you do spend a little bit of time and learning what are the different capabilities of emotional intelligence, um, you can easily identify things like perhaps within the, within a new role, this person might need to be really good at conflict resolution, um, because maybe they're going to join a team that's had a lot of tension recently or has some really challenging stakeholders. So answering that question around what it, what are the behaviors needed for the role you can actually list out what are the different I'm sorry, capabilities of emotional intelligence that this role will need to have to be successful. So I guess one of the first things I would say is just take a different look or shake up how you're actually creating a role or creating a new job description. And also maybe don't do it on your own. If you answer these four questions, maybe the hiring manager can start it out. But I've also worked with a lot of organizations where we take that into a workshop setting. And actually do that with build out, answer those four questions with stakeholders and other members of teams. So there's more hands-on, real-time feedback into what this role really needs to be. Um, so that's one thing. And I'd also say, you know, going back to this concept of um, learning from the hiring process. Um, there's an idea around uh, that I actually learned from a book I was reading about Jack Welch from, uh, of course, the CEO of GE. And he put a lot of emphasis on making good hiring decisions within his team. And he would actually incentivize his team to, actually, to make good hiring decisions and take the process seriously by introducing this metric called the hiring batting average. So if you're American or you know American baseball, you might be familiar with the batting average. And this is kind of taken from that. And the idea is actually measuring how... how in his mind, how seriously or how well a person was approaching the hiring process um, from the internal perspective, and were they making good decisions, um, and reinforcing that with those retros that I mentioned earlier, taking opportunity to reflect back on whether or not um, they did they made the right decisions with hiring, but also if their process helped them get to the point where they were making the right decisions. Um, so I think those are a few ways that you can start to actually bring emotional intelligence in. Also, you know, your audience might be familiar with uh, behavioral interview questions. The product world, maybe not so much, but 
through behavioral interview questions, you can actually start to identify and make untangible things like emotional intelligence capabilities, like conflict resolution, more tangible. Um, so within the product world, we work quite a bit about the questions that we ask in an interview and helping to make sure that they can actually help us understand how a person's behaved in the past, because that's a great predictor on how they could behave in the future in a work situation. Um, whereas a lot of times within the product world now, I see them just kind of, I see people who are getting ready to go interview candidates, just doing quick, you know, Google searches for these crazy brain teaser questions and thinking that that's going to help them understand if this person's actually a good fit where that's in my mind, kind of a waste of time. Um, so those are just a few different ways that you can start to bring in EQ and emotional intelligence into your hiring process and hopefully start working towards achieving fit. Kate, thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you, Matt. It was a pleasure. My thanks to Kate Leto. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts or via your podcasting app of choice. The podcast also has its own dedicated app, which you can find by searching for Recruiting Future in your app store. If you're a Spotify or Pandora user, you can also find the show there. And don't forget, you can follow the show on Instagram by searching for Recruiting Future. You can find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.